You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number five. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey everyone, I hope you all survived the holiday madness without any casualties. I had a pretty chill week between Christmas and New Year's. I was traveling for most of that, so I didn't have too much trouble keeping things laid back. So this episode is going live on January 4th. Um, So we're just getting started on 2018, which so far for me seems like it's off to a pretty good start, and I hope the same is true for you. Before I dive into this week's topic, which is very timely for the new year, um, I want to talk about something new that I'm into. I asked V, who was my guest last week, about something new that she was into, and I decided that I just want to make it a part, a regular part of the show. So I'm going to share something new that I'm into each week. And when I say new, I mean new to me, because the thing that I'm going to share right now is not at all new. It's actually pretty old. Um, But I've been really into getting books from the library lately. I've been doing Kindle books online from the library for a long time, but only recently have I started actually going to the library and getting real books. And I'm all about my Kindle, but sometimes I just like to have a real book in my hands. So that's the new thing that I'm into this week. Now let's dive into this week's topic, which is detoxes. Since it's the new year, everyone is all about resolutions, and if you spend any amount of time online, you've probably heard people talking about detoxing and cleansing um, in terms of their diet. What these detoxes refer to generally are dietary regimens that are supposed to clean you out, give your body a reboot, and sometimes they claim to help you drop weight fast. They range in length. Um, And sometimes even include things like a colon cleanse or coffee enemas, which I will talk to more about in just a minute. Um, So the idea of cleaning yourself out as a way to kickstart healthier habits might be appealing, but especially coming off the Christmas cookie season, but it's really not um, any good. There's no good evidence that backs it up. And the idea of a detox making you healthier is not actually true. It also doesn't really make sense from a scientific perspective either. And some of the detoxes out there could be extremely dangerous, especially when it comes to certain groups of people. So first of all, let's talk about the fact that there's a huge difference between medical detoxes and the detoxes that you'll find marketed in various places outside of medical establishments. Most medical detoxes are specifically formulated for whatever purpose they're serving, and they have some extensive research to back them up. And I think that a lot of the confusion comes from lack of general knowledge about the actual function of specific hormones in the body and specific organs in the body. So a lot of people think that if you just do this one thing, then your system will be cleansed of all the other crap you've been putting in it. And they call that a detox, which isn't really how it works. You can't just assault your body with junk, do a detox, and then think you're going to be fine and go back to eating junk. That's just, that's not how it works. And part of my goal here is to help you understand what to look for when you're evaluating whether or not something is right for you so you're not jumping into something just because it sounds good or it sounds convincing. First of all, consider if someone is asking you to pay for something. And I don't want you to think that that's actually a bad thing because very few quality products or programs are actually free. But consider 
what it is that you're paying for. And also, what are their credentials, or do they have any sort of sources to back up what they're doing? Because what you really don't want to do is go in the direction of nutrient depletion, like the lemon, maple syrup, and cayenne cleanse that was popular however long ago. Sure, it has some calories and a few vitamins and minerals, but it definitely lacks a lot of the things that you need to keep your body going without causing problems in other areas. The other thing to remember is that the word detox is often used as clickbait or to create interest in things that are completely scientifically unfounded and might actually cause you more harm than good. These are things like coffee enemas, um, which are not at all based in science. And though there are several posts out there that link to studies that say that they are based in science, if you actually go and read the studies, they really don't say anything in support of coffee enemas. Um, and they can actually be pretty harmful. So I will link to a post specifically about those um, written by the paleo mom, Sarah Ballantyne, where she goes into um, some pretty good detail about those specific studies and why exactly coffee enemas are harmful. Then sometimes there are products that you'll see in stores on the shelf or even like those people at Costco behind the tables who are selling something like a detox product. And you might feel that because they're in a store that there's some level of, level of legitimacy to them but most of the time that's not actually true. They might be harmless, which really, I guess that's a good thing, but the chances of them actually helping you out are pretty slim. And I think a lot of the juice fasts also fall into that category. What happens along the way with things like juice fasts or any of those things where you eat a lot of fruits or vegetables is that they remove non-paleo foods that are inflammatory. So depending on where you're starting from, you might notice a huge improvement in the way you feel, or it might kickstart some weight loss, but that's less of a function of the detox itself and more a process of the foods that you've eliminated. So there are things that, especially if you're starting from a standard American diet, are going to make you feel better over the short term, but the big claim of these programs is that they are going to help your liver function better because detox occurs primarily in the liver, but these programs or supplements don't actually give your body the nutrients it needs to perform detoxification on its own. And you can't artificially detox your body unless you are a patient on dialysis and having your blood run through some external process that's doing the detoxification for you. So unless you do something that provides all of the necessary components to support natural detoxification, it's not actually going to do anything. Since there's all this talk about toxins and detoxing out there, let's first understand what a toxin actually is. Um, in general, toxin refers to any substance that's poisonous, harmful, or can cause damage to humans. Most medications are actually toxic in large amounts. In the diet world, though, this definition changes and can refer to almost anything. Sugar, caffeine, alcohol, gluten, and even some various environmental toxins. Things like obesity, fatigue, rashes, cancer, bloating, depression, insomnia, joint pain, and congestion are all commonly cited symptoms of toxicity in the body. This is kind of a double-edged sword because most of these toxins that detox diets are supposed to cleanse you of either don't actually exist or your body is perfectly capable of dealing with them on, your, on their own. Too much food is not a toxin no matter how terrible you feel after eating it. Or the other side of this is if you really did need a detox, none of these diets are actually going to help you. So let's take a step back for a minute and talk about what the liver actually does because that's really important in understanding why these things are or are not helpful. So most of the toxins that we're exposed to are fat soluble, so they get stored in fat cells, which is why, on a side note, if you're going to eat conventionally raised meat, which is perfectly okay if that's what you need or want to do, then you should choose leaner cuts of meat because then you're not exposing yourself to as many of the toxins 
that the animal was exposed to. A little off topic, but so these fat-soluble vitamins include things like heavy metals, um, metabolic byproducts, bacterial toxins, and excess hormones. The liver has a two-phase detoxification process. There's phase one and there's phase two. So it takes these fat-soluble toxins, and the first thing that it does is turn them into water-soluble toxins. And it does this through several different processes depending on the toxin. But there are some common nutrients that it uses uh, in order to carry these processes out. These include most of the B vitamins, vitamin A, magnesium, zinc, selenium, and beta-carotene. And those are what's used in that initial phase. So then in phase two, the water-soluble version of the toxin is combined with some other molecule to help neutralize it. And then once it's neutralized, it's either sent to the bile and excreted into the small intestines and eventually eliminated in your stool, or it's sent to the kidneys and eliminated in your urine. Phase two requires different nutrients and is actually the phase that is compromised if you have a methylation defect. So that's one of the um, MTHFR gene mutations because methylation is needed to control a lot of the phase two processes. Phase two uses a lot of amino acids, such as glycine, which you can get from collagen, um, glutamine, methionine, taurine. It uses all of the B vitamins again, vitamin C and selenium. So the job of the liver is to detect these toxins and then carry out these two steps of detoxification. And it requires certain nutrients to do that. They're also, um, these nutrients are also the same nutrients that the standard American diet is actually pretty deficient in. And one of the reasons why eating liver is so healthy for you, even though the job of the liver is detoxification, is because the liver actually stores these nutrients. So instead of acting like a sponge, um, it doesn't. It banks the resources that it needs to carry out de um, detoxification. So it doesn't store the toxins. It stores the things it needs to, to carry out detoxification. Vegetables are also an important part here because they can provide all of these nutrients with the exception of some of the amino acids. And once the deactivated toxins are in the small intestines, fiber actually becomes really important because it binds with the neutralized toxins and helps them get eliminated more efficiently. And this is especially true when you're talking about things like hormones. So your body recycles bile acids, cholesterol, and even some drugs through a process called enterohepatic circulation, which transports these um, substances out of the digestive system and sends it back into the liver for reuse. And if you're not getting enough fiber, you can actually reabsorb a higher percentage of these substances. And this is one of the reasons why a high fiber diet will lower cholesterol because it stops your body from recycling too much. But it's also why insoluble fiber, so that would be fiber from any non-starchy vegetables, is important because it binds with these substances and prevents them from being reabsorbed. So you can see why this is important because you don't want these byproducts of detoxif detoxification recycled back, back into your blood. Um, even though they're deactivated, they can on occasion become reactivated and cause harm. I think it's important to note here that this process also explains exactly why any sort of colon cleanse is quite literally a bunch of crap. By the time any of the toxins reach your colon, they've already been deactivated and are well on their way to being eliminated. So the only situation where this might be helpful is if you suffer from chronic constipation because then they're sitting around inside your body. But I definitely would not choose any sort of colon cleanse as a first-line defense if you're constipated. So the food sources of these nutrients that you need for detoxification are organ meats, bone broth, seafood, vegetables, and fruit. And this is why the paleo diet, when it's a clean paleo diet, is actually a detoxification diet. Because 
if you look at the problem with detoxification, it's mostly that your liver doesn't have the resources it needs to carry it out effectively. Being well hydrated is also important, um, which is why a lot of these trendy detox things stress that part because it's, it is important. Um, but hydration is important because of the role in the kidneys in getting the compounds into your urine and excreting them. So if you're not hydrated and they make it to your kidneys, it's possible that they sit around until you have made enough urine to excrete them. And the goal is to get rid of them as quickly and efficiently as possible, not having them sit around because your elimination pathways aren't working properly. This is also why, as I said before, properly functioning digestion is important because of the role of um, stool in the detoxification process. So if you're having, if you're not having regular bowel movements, then the toxins that are supposed to be eliminated are sitting around waiting to be excreted. So the paleo diet alone inherently includes all of the things that you need to have optimal detoxification. It also decreases inflammation, and inflammation is one of the things that can hinder the detoxification pathways. And as I said earlier, MTHFR gene variants can inhibit these pathways as well, but you can overcome some of that by consuming active forms of B vitamins, which is a pretty standard protocol for folks that have that because of their role in detoxification. So having an understanding of what detoxification actually is hopefully helps put some of this in perspective. Now, what do you do if the demand for detoxification is higher than what your liver can keep up with? There are certain supplements like milk thistle that can help stimulate phase one and phase two detoxification in your liver. Um, there's other botanicals, but a lot of these actually only stimulate phase one, and that can be a problem too, because there are certain cases where the compound that is formed from phase one detoxification is actually more toxic than it was before it went through phase one, so you'd want it to go through phase two as quickly as possible. Um, looking at supplements that would stimulate both phase one and phase two could help kickstart your liver and get it to keep up, but this is something that you would definitely want to do under the supervision of a healthcare provider and even where something like a medical detox would be helpful because the goal of these are to provide the active forms of the nutrients that you need as well as some of the botanicals that help stimulate detoxification in your liver as well. And a good medical detox is always packaged with the suggestion that you follow certain dietary protocols like an anti-inflammatory diet that you drink lots of water and make sure that you're getting lots of sleep, but they're based on the science of understanding how the body actually eliminates toxins and supporting the natural processes within your body without putting a strain on the liver to the point where it can't keep up. It's just a little boost to keep things going. And this is really different from the detoxes that are sold to people in various other forms and in, involve things like giving you too much fiber. There's a couple that I can think of that are just psyllium husk, which is not bad, but it's not gonna help you with anything. Um, or too little fiber, which both of those things are just going to make you go to the bathroom a lot and you might feel like it's doing something, but if you're not getting enough fiber, it's just killing the bacteria in your gut, which can make you lose weight, but isn't really actually good for your health. But the point is that most of these don't actually support your liver in any way, which is what you need for detoxification. So now that you understand how this all works, you can understand how a lot of the diets and cleanses and detoxes are either not helpful or can be harmful. The more extreme or restrictive something is, the more likely it is to cause harm, obviously, and any detox plan that eliminates essential nutrients, such as protein, can lead to nutrient deficiencies. Something like a prolonged juice cleanse can lead to an imbalance of electrolytes, um, including specifically sodium and potassium. The lack of fiber can actually cause your blood sugar to be all over the place, which will make you feel hungrier, and you'll be lacking things like amino acids, which come from proteins, and fat-soluble vitamins. 
So if you do a juice cleanse, you'll also be consuming a fairly large amount of sugar and fructose, which really isn't all that great for you either. Other detox practices such as colonics can lead to serious complications, including diarrhea, infection, colitis, which is in irritation and inflammation in the colon, and even perforation, which is tearing of the intestinal wall. And anyone who is pregnant or has a chronic health condition is at a much higher risk for complications from these um, extreme eating plans or any of these other forms of so-called detox. The other problem, as I mentioned earlier, is there isn't actually any evidence that any of these things work. They don't support your liver, which is what you need to support detox in your body. And if your goal is weight loss, some of these things can actually stall your progress in the long term because severe calorie restriction mostly causes loss of water weight, not body fat. And there are studies that show that both men and women who lose weight by fasting or severely restricting their calorie intake can gain, ba gain the weight back that they lost and sometimes even more. And I'm not talking about um, intermittent fasting. I'm talking about just not eating for a couple of days without any preparation or thought about how this is going. So those are that's a totally different subject. So if something is claiming to help you detox, it's important to figure out what the mechanism is. Because if it isn't liver support, then it's probably not, not actually doing anything for you. But if it's providing you with things that your liver actually needs to get the job done, it might be uh, a legit option. The other thing to keep in mind is that there are not very many situations where you actually need a detox because your body is pretty good at doing it on its own. So rather than spending your money on expensive products, it would be better to use your resources to focus on the nutrients I mentioned that support your liver. So B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin A, magnesium, zinc, selenium, beta carotene, and amino acids. Now I want to shift our focus to talking about other things that you should detox rather than doing a detox diet. Because even if you are eating crap, you are exposed to toxins from other places in your life as well. And two of the most common places that you come in contact with these harmful substances is in your personal care products and your cleaning products. But your lifestyle is also likely providing you with more toxic things than you're aware of. Um, and we're going to cover that in just a minute. So also, as we've already discussed, your body does a pretty good job of detoxing itself as it's designed to carry a certain amount of what we call a toxic load meaning that it can quickly and effectively detox a certain level of harmful substances. But think of this as a situation where rather than just relying on your body to do, a, do its job, you want to limit the amount of work that it has to do in this area so it can, can, can continue to do it effectively when you really need it to. I explain um, to my patients that your toxic load is like a jar of water inside of a paper bag. Every toxin exposure is a drop of water into the jar, so water is constantly being added, and it's also constantly evaporating. But you can't see what's in the jar, so you have no idea how full it is. Because of this, you never really know which drop is going to make the jar overflow. And when the jar overflows is when you get some of the symptoms because your body isn't quite keeping up with its efficient detoxification process. So limiting your exposure to toxins is really your best first line of defense, and keeping your detoxification system happy with plenty of nutrients is the next best step. So instead of doing a detox diet, one of the things that you can detox is your beauty and personal care products. Your skin is your largest organ and absorbs anywhere from 64 to 100% of what you put on it. And that's going to vary based on your skin type, based on whether you have open skin, based on where on your body you're applying something, and a whole host of other things. And skin absorption is pretty variable, meaning it's not consistent, but 64 to 100% of what you put on your skin uh, the substances that are in that are absorbed. 
So if there are toxic or harmful chemicals in your personal care products, then you are um, bombarding your body with unnecessary toxins. In 2005, the Environmental Working Group published a couple of studies that looked at the chemicals in the umbilical cord blood of babies born in the U.S. in the fall of 2004. They found 287 toxins, and of these, they found 217 that were neurotoxins, and 208 of them were known to be harmful to growth and development or to cause birth defects. So I'll put a link to that study in the show notes. But what I think this really shows us is that what we put on our skin and into our bodies matters. I, I mean, if you are of childbearing age, it's especially important because those things get passed on to your unborn children. Now, I realize that looking at all of the ingredients in all of your personal care products is a big job. So let's talk about how to prioritize which products you should look at replacing and in what order you should do that to maximize your time and your budget. So the first things that you should look at replacing or making sure don't have any toxic ingredients are anything that you soak in, so like bubble bath, anything that you apply that doesn't get washed off, so body and face lotion, and any product that you put on your kids, and makeup because that stays on your skin all day. After those products, you can start looking at other things and make changes where you feel like it's necessary. So things like deodorant and toothpaste. I have a blog post that I will link to about the top five skincare ingredients that you should avoid, as well as for, as some recommendations for what to use instead. I personally use a lot of beauty counter products because for me, they satisfy the very small part of the Venn diagram that includes safety and actually doing what they say that they're going to do. I've tried a lot of so-called safer or organic or all-natural personal care products, and I've been pretty disappointed with how most of them performed. And I just sort of uh, decided that maybe it was if I wanted, to, I had to choose between having safer products and having products that actually worked. But then when I found Beauty Counter, all of that changed. And also in the spirit of full disclosure here, I am a Beauty Counter consultant. And part of the reason that I've aligned myself with this company is because of their mission, which is to get safer products into the hands of everyone. And also because they're doing such amazing things on the legislative side of things and pushing for change in the industry, which has pretty loose standards. They're also doing all of this in a way that is financially productive and empowering to women who also care about this mission. And pardon me while I get a little ranty here, but people get all kinds of bent out of shape over the direct marketing or direct sales business model. But here's the thing. I personally want to purchase and use products that other people have used and love. And what do you do when you find something that you love? You tell everyone you know about it. So we're going to be honest here for a minute. Nothing is free. Nothing. Everything costs somebody something. Even free advice or free information costs someone some time and possibly even money. So if I recommend a product that I love to someone and they buy it and I make a few bucks on it, we all win. I've been compensated for my time and you get a product that you love. So what it really comes down to for me, though, is the advocacy and the mission, which, like I said, is why I even align myself with this company in the first place. So I highly recommend Beauty Counter products because they work so well and are much safer than a lot of other products out there. Other brands that I use and love are Primally Pure and... I haven't personally used native deodorant, but I know a lot of people who use it and love it. Anyway, I will post the link to my blog post where I make some more specific recommendations um, and talk about the five ingredients that you should definitely avoid in your beauty products. So you can definitely check uh, your labels and make sure that they don't include any of those five ingredients. So another thing that you can detox instead of doing a detox diet is your lifestyle. That might sound like a big task, but it's not. 
do a digital detox. And this looks different for different people, but limiting or completely eliminating social media from your life for a few days, weeks, or months, whatever feels right to you, um, can be a really good thing. You could also delete the apps on your phone. So you only have access to them when you're at your computer. You can stop taking your phone into your bedroom and just buy an alarm clock. I know what you're gonna say. I've heard that excuse of, but I use my phone as my alarm clock so many times. Alarm clocks are cheap, just buy one. So things like that, because I think what really starts to happen is we can get pretty wrapped up in what other people are saying and doing and even what we think they think about us. And it causes us anxiety and makes us feel inadequate and none of that is good for our health. So a digital detox is also a good time to address your mindset and your thoughts because we are so mean to ourselves and a lot of the time we don't even realize it. So make sure that you're doing something to work towards a better mindset. That could be reading a personal development book, meditating, going to yoga, saying positive affirmations, whatever feels good for you. Even just spending some time with some friends and having really positive conversations about things that are meaningful to you. And finally, instead of doing a detox diet, focus on finding non-toxic cleaning products and other household products because these are some of the most toxic products we have in our houses and while we're not bathing in them like we are with our beauty products and we're not probably not applying them daily, we are getting more exposure to them than we may realize. Even things like synthetic fragrances and candles can be pretty harmful. There's some research that links air fresheners to um, everything from eczema, wheezing and asthma, ear infections, and even diarrhea in young children. And I will link to a blog post done by one of my holistic nutrition friends that talks about the research around that. So cleaning products are not to be trusted and you can't even really trust the labeling on them. Just because something is labeled as non-toxic or organic doesn't mean that it's actually safe. And this creates all sorts of feelings of mistrust and dishonesty. But unfortunately, that's just the marketing environment that we live in today. I started making my own cleaning products about two years ago, and I'll link to the book that I used to get started with that. But basically, all you need is some white vinegar and some pure essential oils. I've also got a post um, about greening up your cleaning that I'll link to. And I want to talk about essential oils on another podcast, but basically do research and find a brand that you trust. I started with a brand that I bought in the grocery store and it actually didn't at all work the way I wanted it to. So then I did some research on quality and purity and I settled on another brand that I completely love and the oils do what they say they're supposed to do and it's great. So like I said, I'm going to talk about that on another podcast some, at some point in the future so we can get a little bit more into the weeds on that then. So those are the things that I suggest focusing on rather than doing a detox diet because reducing your toxic load and supporting your body with the nutrients it needs to support your liver's detoxification processes are both really key here. No so-called detox diet or juice cleanse or whatever is going to fix the problem of you eating too much crappy food. It's just not. It's not how your body works. It might make you feel better temporarily because you're flooding your body with nutrients depending on what you're doing but it's not actually addressing the underlying issue, which would be the need to support your liver in its detoxification phases. Now, that's also not to say that doing something like increasing the number of smoothies you're drinking or eating a ton of soups and broths or whatever people are doing these days is a bad thing, because I do think that there is some benefit for your body to taking a break from eating raw foods or even whole cooked vegetables, but that addresses issues with your gut health and your digestion, not detoxification. 
So be sure that you're paying attention to the references and the research related to any sort of detox you might be doing. And you should definitely be wary of anything that limits the sources of nutrients like the lemon maple syrup cayenne cleanse, because those are going to deplete your body. And depending on what state you are in before going into something like that, it can happen pretty quickly. If you think that you're a good candidate for an actual medical detox, reach out to your functional or holistic practitioner and work with them on that. If you have questions for me about this, feel free to shoot me an email. You can email me at hello at marthaflorence.com or comment on the blog post for this episode. So that's all I've got for you this week. You can submit your questions for the podcast on my website or come find me on Instagram. If you enjoy this podcast, I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review for the show. That just really helps other people find it when they're looking for new podcasts to listen to. See you next week.